With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Troy Dooley here, the host of the Beachside CEO. Hope you guys had a phenomenal first weekend of of December. I mean, we are getting down to those Christmas moments. I want to do a shout-out. My little brother's birthday was yesterday. I chatted a little bit with him on a text message while he was with his family. And uh, it's an exciting time, man, when you when you celebrate. Today's Atticus Kilo, one of the great programmers and company owners in network marketing. His birthday's today. So, you know, we're just doing shout-outs. We really love what we do. Now, I also, yesterday, i got to share this with you. This is pretty, this is pretty rocking right here. i got a message in. Let me see if I can find this message. Uh, came in from a f- great friend of mine. Matter of fact, it's one of the guys that has taught me uh, social media. I mean, he's written two books. His third book is just coming out, The New Three-Foot Rule, and it's Mike Maglinick. And we're going to have him. It, it's going to be exciting. The book's in the mail. It's coming in to us. And that will be our next series. It will be going into January to really learn a little bit more in the details of nuts and bolts in your network marketing business, in any business. You know, what is the three way? Really, it's just networking. I mean, if you're going to build a business in the 21st century, it's all about networking. It's all about knowing how to use social media. He is one of the greats. And that's truly what I appreciate about Michael. When I uh, when I actually reviewed his first book, we became friends. Uh, he has taught me so much uh, on what to do and what not to do in social media. And people all the time are asking me, Troy, should I buy this program or that program? And I tell them, you know, if somebody's telling you they know what they're doing, but but their own websites don't show it, stay away. If they don't have a good client list, stay away. The people that have taught me social networking in the modern sense have all come from outside of the network marketing profession. Uh, their whole life has been in helping companies from from Jeffrey uh, Eisenberg to to Michael. I mean, these are some great people. Eric Qualman, who is a phenomenal, wrote social economics or so, socialnomics, that's how you say it, a great guy, taught me a lot. Uh, these are. This is what you have to do when you want to build something. I had a, a, a gal over at Vaisalus said, Troy, should I join this online system or that online system? I said, you should create your own system. You know, this this joining everybody else's system, most people that do that only do it because there's there's money to go out there. And most of these systems, and, and I know this has nothing to do with John's book, but this is important. Most of the systems are looking at those people who have this failure quotient. And they say, oh, I can't make it. Oh, I can't talk to my friends and family. Oh, I can't do this. And, and you may be saying, what? why does he get on these tangents? He goes down these rabbit trails. And it's because today's chapter is talking about the law of the mirror. You must see value in yourself to add value to yourself. And a lot of times, because we don't see value, we have a low self-esteem. In the business world, we try to look for the easiest method out there. And that, that just doesn't work. I'm finishing up. I'm on... Uh, I'm writing a, a new ebook, and I think it's 41 to 45 pages long to be what it is. It's 
it's how to publish a book in the Kindle system and going through the Kindle publishing system right now, and it's available to my members. And the reason I'm doing that is because so many people out there are, are, are saying, Troy, I, I just read this new thing about I don't have to work real hard. I can just put something together, put it up on Kindle, make millions of dollars, and it just doesn't work that way. I'm married to a romance author who writes for Harlequin and the rejection and the hard work and the rewrites are tough. See, anything that you want to accomplish in life all revolves around looking in the mirror, the value that you see in yourself. And I want to share a story that John writes in this chapter. And I want to tell you right now, if you're listening online, we may go over our regular 30 minutes because this this chapter is so powerful, you'll have to pick it up in the archives if you miss it. Those that have called into the switchboard, you'll be able to hear the whole thing. But in this in this in this chapter here, I think it could be the pivotal point in this book for you to really start paying attention. John writes in the opening paragraph, he says, I often ask myself, what keeps people from being successful? I believe all people have the seeds of success within them. All they need to do is cultivate those seeds, water them, feed them, nurture them, and they'll begin to grow. But yet most of the time they don't. They have the potential. But they don't grow. Why? Because of low self-esteem. And that was the case of Johnetta Mesquine, whose story John recently heard, so he writes about it. He said for 30 years she was someone who saw little value or potential in herself. But to be honest, there were many legitimate reasons for her poor perception of herself. She was born to a single mother who didn't want her and told her so. She and her sister Sonia, who was a year older, along with a cousin, spent the first five or six years of their lives being raised by their grandma in Birmingham. But the house was also shared by three uncles who abused all three of the children psychologically, physically, and sexually. Janetta was scarred both physically and emotionally. She says, by the time she was five years old, I had already started to believe that I was, only, I was not only in fear, but I was also a child abandoned by her own mama. As a child, I had no place, no voice, and no self-worth. So when Jonetta and Sonia's mother learned of the abuse, she moved the three girls to a new home, but the abuse continued, this time by the men her mom brought home. Sonia ultimately responded by living on the streets and turning to crack. Johnetta avoided the drugs, but she spent most of her time on the streets and dropped out of high school in 11th grade. She had her first child out of wedlock at 19, her second child in her mid-20s. For the most part, she lived on government supported, in government-supported housing and on government assistance and relied here and there on her boyfriends for additional support. To keep herself in designer clothes and at least look good on the outside, she shoplifted. Sonia's perspective sums up the state that we live in. Everyone in my family has been in jail, on drugs, didn't finish high school, so what do I have to live for? Wow. Isn't that freaky? I mean, what a freaking story. Hits close to home in my page. But listen to this. This is This is where... This is where things can change in a person's life when you're looking in the mirror. Janetta's 30th birthday caused her to look in the mirror. She didn't like what she saw, she writes. 
That day I woke up and realized I had absolutely nothing to celebrate. No money, no full-time job, no home, no husband, and no clue, not even the will to do better. At last, I knew it was time to make a change. She wasn't happy with her life, and she realized that if she continued in the same direction she was going, her two sons would also be headed for trouble. As far as she knew, not a single male member of her family had ever finished high school. Many died young or ended up in jail, and she didn't want that for her boys. Now, this is, this is listen to me. Part of the, the basic needs of being a human is to do more for others than you'll do for yourself. And this was her point. For 30 years, her low self-esteem didn't allow her to do anything for herself. But all of a sudden, when she looked and realized where her boys were headed, she knew she needed to do something. For Janetta, the process started with her working to get her GED. She took a 12-week course to prepare and then took the test. She needed to score 45 to pass. She received a 44.5, but she was determined to make something of herself. So she scheduled a retake at her first opportunity, and when she passed, she was excited to be chosen to speak at the graduating ceremony. But no one in her family bothered to attend. Janetta knew that if she was going to change, she needed to leave Birmingham and get a fresh start. She wanted to do something no one in her family had ever done, go to college. So she moved to Atlanta. Now, this is, this is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a personal story in a minute, but listen to this. It took her almost three years to pull it off, but she made the move. Soon after, she enrolled in Kinshaw State University, deciding to take more than just a full load that semester. She was 33 years old when she started school. She was street smart, but didn't have very much book smarts, at least not at first. And that intimidated her at the beginning, but for the first time in her life, she was determined to better herself, and she soon realized she could do it. She goes, I realized I didn't have to be smart. I just had to be determined, motivated, and focused. This came from a high price. This came with a high price tag for me. I had to exchange my thinking. I had to think like a smart person. Not only did she study hard to stay focused, but she also sought out the smartest person in each of her class and asked to study with her. Soon she was studying and thinking like the best students in school. <laughs> Listen to this. She also maintained the vision that she had for her future. At the beginning of every semester, she went to the bookstore on campus and tried on a cap and gown, looking at herself in the mirror and imagining what it would be like to graduate. One day, when a classmate was talking to her, she had a realization. The classmate was saying, I don't love myself. I'm a nobody. And Janetta responded, you can love yourself if, you, if I love me. And that's when it hit her, maybe for the first time. I realized I loved myself. She had changed. She was turning into the person that she wanted to be. This is cool. Listen to this. Janetta completed her work for a bachelor's degree in three years. Then she enrolled in graduate school where she earned a master's degree in social work. Currently, she's working towards earning her doctorate. I went from something that society told me, you can't do it, to something that I believe Yes, I can. See, that's the power of self-esteem. See, in her case, she was motivated by the desire to help her kids. 
She had found something, a passion, a vision, a calling, whatever you want to do. What, I don't care what you call it. Your why, if you, if you go down a, a path that I go down. It was bigger than her. But she knew she had to add value to herself first in order to see what was going to happen to her boys. See, this is important. Listen to what John writes here. If you don't realize that you have genuine value and that you are worth investing in, then you will never put in the time and the effort needed to grow to your full potential. That is the one reason people fail or perceive that they fail in starting a home-based business. They don't see the potential in themselves. And that's sad. Zig Ziglar, who passed away this week at age 89, used to say this. It's impossible to consistently behave in a manner inconsistent with how we see ourselves. We can do very things in a positive way if we feel negative about ourselves. Now, Zig was just kind of like me, just a southern boy. But listen to this. Here's what Nathaniel Brannon says, who's a psychiatrist and an expert on the subject of self-esteem. No factor is more important in people's psychological development and motivation than the value judgments they make about themselves. Now, here's the interesting thing. I grew up in one hell of a family. There, there's just no other way to put it. See, I grew up in the 60s. In 1964, when I was born, my mom was a single parent. In the 1960s, that was not, not just was it unheard of, but you might as well just put this scarlet letter on your freaking chest because that's how you were treated. She made a choice... And now I'm 48 years old. A couple of years after I came around, here comes my, my dad. The one man in my life that I actually knew is my father. Craziest, meanest, toughest, pissiest guy I ever met. And I love him. He taught me truly what it meant to stand on your own two feet. But during this time period, here's where I'm going to go with this. My mom had a nervous breakdown. My dad was working so hard with the union. He was part of that Hoffa, Fitzsimmons, crazy stuff. One of his good friends and the union steward at their truck stop was executed gangland style in the Virginia Tavern Massacre. You can read about it in history books. It was not the most beautiful life had one uncle that worked for organized crime. I had others that would just kill at the whim. It was not what you would call the leave-it-to-beaver lifestyle. I saw a lot of violence, a lot of negative. But as you guys have heard in, in past stories, the one, book, the one story my mom used to always write to me or, or read to me going to bed was knock out the tea. She always said, you can do whatever you want to do. Just set your mind to it and you can, you can fulfill it. And I watched her do that. I watched her go through the ranks of Tupperware and Mary Kay. I mean, I watched her do stuff, worked at Lancome, got all these awards. So I know, I know that it can happen, so I believed. But yet at the same time, I'd been beaten down. If I didn't get something right in school, Dad would yell, scream, holler. Probably why I'm really good at math right now, but it really sucked at the time. I had all of the same reasons not to be able to succeed. And one day I joined the Marine Corps. Never looked back. 
all of a sudden I did something that most people can't do, most people won't do. If you know anything about the Marine Corps, you know one of their mottos is the few and the proud. That's because at any given time, there's anywhere from half a million to a million Marines, the smallest branch of the service, but yet they're the first to fight. They have a 12-week boot camp, not a 9-week boot camp. And you continually learn through the course of your time. All of a sudden, all of those limiting self-beliefs were nothing because the day I walked off the bus, I was told I was a maggot. I was less than a Marine. I was told with spit coming into my face, how I would probably not make it. Everything that I thought I was going to accomplish, I probably wasn't. And 12 weeks later, that same man stood in front of me and said, I am very proud of the fact that in 12 weeks, you went from being a maggot to a United States Marine. Within 120 days, I'd earned my first rank, I'd earned my meritorious mass, and I've never looked back. I've accomplished more in 48 years than most people accomplish in their whole life, including marrying the woman of my dreams, raising six kids, having ten grandchildren, and raising three granddaughters. And we didn't even get into business. Just like Janetta, I remember whenever I was leaving Kansas City, when Paige said, I want to move to Destin, Florida, it was 1990. And we set the goal for 1995. And you want to know what happened? I had relatives say, yeah, you're never going to do that. Matter of fact, I had one relative that when we were working together, he would tell people, yeah, he has this pipe dream that he's going to move to Utopia, this island called Destin, Florida. Yeah, he thinks everything's going to be just peaches and cream. He, they're never going to do it. They've been telling us this for five years. It was 1995. The Marine Corps taught me how to keep my mouth shut, not to have to deal with people that more mixed up than I am. In 1997, it had gone bankrupt, so the same relative, yeah, how are you going to move now? You don't have any money. You can't even take care of your own, your own finances. And it was kind of funny because March 7th, no, March 9th, or year 2000, we moved to Destin, Florida. $5,000 in the bank. $50 deposit on a, on a an apartment that was brand new. Nobody had ever lived in it. It's a corner, ground floor apartment just like Paige had wanted, looking out towards the beach. Plenty of room for the kids to play. It's beautiful. Thirteen years later, we own a home on a quarter acre in the middle of town, block off the beach, have raised all our kids, some from younger than three all the way up through their teen years. Some adults and gone away. It definitely wasn't utopia between the hurricanes and the oil spills, the challenges that you have. But that one move allowed Paige to write three books over the last 13 years each year, become a best-selling author, and have her contract bought by Harlequin Romance a dream that she'd had since the day she started writing romances. I went from being nobody in network marketing 
to raising up the ranks, rising up the ranks inside of a network marketing company, going back out into the field and becoming a voice to help others. See, it's the self-esteem inside of us, the value that we place on ourselves. I put up a song on Facebook this weekend that said, Outside of God, I answer to no one. Because deep inside, that's the only person you answer to is yourself. The question is, do you know how to build on your self-esteem? Do you know how to build that self-image that you need? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write this down. I'm going to give you ten, ten things. We might make it in 30 minutes. Number one, guard your self-talk. Most of us grow up listening to dull, negative, disillusioned crap. And it's crazy. Matter of fact, in, in the book, The Answer, this is what they wrote. By the time you're 17 years old, you've heard no, you can't, on an average of 150,000 times. You've heard yes, you can, about 5,000 times. That's 30 no's to every one yes. So we're, 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 we're built in such a way that by the time we become an adult, we're thinking to ourselves, no, I can't do that. No, I can't th- do that. No, I can't do that. So you've got to guard your self-talk. You've got to start focusing on, yes, I can. So you've got to be, learn to become your own encourager, your own cheerleader. I've got a movie that I love, and Jim Gilhouse beats me up every time I mention it. It's called Firebirds. Nicholas Cage plays in it. He's a chopper pilot that had to co- overcome double vision. And part of the part, one of the things that he does is when he's going after the enemy, he's constantly saying to himself, I am the greatest. I am the greatest. I am the greatest. Because in his mind, what he's got to focus on is he's got to take out that enemy or his, his chopper's getting shot down. Charlie Daniels said it like this. And devil went down to Georgia. He told the devil, I'm the best there's ever been. I'm not talking about some sinful, conceited pride, some narcissistic attitude. I'm talking about saying to yourself, I can do it when everybody else says you can't do it. The second thing you've got to do is stop comparing yourself to others. Somebody the other day said, Troy, why don't you ever worry about being on the leaders' boards? How come, how come I don't ever see you in your companies at the top where they're, where they're telling, talking about you like they do everybody else? Because I don't want to be compared to anybody else. I got to compare myself to what I was yesterday, and I was a pretty bad athlete yesterday. Most people are when they get real right down to it. You hurt somebody, you said something negative, you had some crappy thought. You need to be comparing yourself today to what you were yesterday and saying, Am I getting better? Am I moving forward? Am I headed towards the direction I want to go? John writes this. When you compare yourself to others, usually it's one of two things that happens. Either you are either you perceive the other person to be far ahead of you and you feel discouraged or you perceive yourself to be better than the other person and you become proud. You need to work on you. If you did 100,000 in volume last month in your business, then you should focus on how can you do 200,000 in your volume business this month. You know what that means? That means you've got to help your downline do better. You've got to recruit better people, more people. Don't compare yourself to whoever's at the top of the leader sheet. 
That's the world view. That's not the way that you have to grow personally. Number three, move beyond your limiting beliefs. One of the things that we do on our team is I have constant training in the back offices for people on personal development. John taught me that so many years ago. You work on yourself and automatically your business will get better. So I don't talk to people about sales techniques and closing and all that. They go find that from somebody else. What I talk to them about is I want to see them grow because if they grow, they'll attract people to them. I know that. See, if you move beyond your limiting beliefs, the sky's the limit. John writes this. They don't believe that they can accomplish great things, but the greatest limitations people experience on their lives are usually the ones they impose on themselves. Charles Schwab once said, when a man has put a limit on what he will do, he puts a limit on what he can do. Janetta McSween took the limits off her life and basically came clear, clear up out of the gutters to be somebody. Jack Canfield in The Success Principle writes it this way. Identify a limiting belief that you want to change. Determine how the belief limits you. Decide how you can be, act, and feel without it. Create a turnaround statement that affirms or gives you permission to be, act, and feel in this new way. When you do that, the sky's the limit. Number four, add value to others. There's three things that, or four things that I live by. And I'm not perfect, Adam, so I want you to know this. But on my cell phone, on my, on my, brace, on my, on my wrist, I have a bracelet. On my cell phone, it says this. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. I know if I do those three things that I will add value to other people's lives. I have another bracelet on my arm that's part of a movement that I've joined called I Am Second. Because I believe that's what God called me to be, a second. And if you look at history, some of the greatest men in history were seconds. Every man that went out to fight a duel had somebody that was at his side that was his second. If he could not fulfill that, that his second would take over. Every great king had a second. They were called the cupbearer. Nothing passed the lips of the king until the cupbearer took care of it. They were also their confidants. The king had to put more trust in them than his own bride. Had to make sure that whatever he was drinking didn't kill him either. When you add value to others, it's kind of hard to sit there and be dull, negative, disillusioned about yourself. John writes this, It's hard to feel bad about yourself when you're doing something good for someone else. Add value to others. Number five, do the right thing even when it hurts. Character is huge. You want to add value to yourself, do the right thing even when it hurts. And it'll get thrown back in your face. Over the weekend, I had a guy throw a, uh, slap me in the face. He goes, I was writing about Zeke Rewards because they had some new stuff that came out on this company that, that was uh, called a Ponzi that we had been working with all through the summer to try to get legit. And he goes, aren't you the same person that was promoting Zeke? I said, oh, I never really promoted it, but we definitely covered it really hard. And we were covering the positive stuff, and we were talking about all the controversial stuff. He goes, but you apologize because you did something wrong. I said, no, I apologize because I got too close to the forest to see the trees and realized that some of the procrastination was self-imposed. But he wanted to throw that apology out. Oh, you apologize. You know what? Do the right thing, no matter how hard it is. Because at the end of the day, you'll win. 
I guarantee you that. Number six, practice a small discipline daily in a specific area of your life. John writes it this way. If there's an area in your life that seems overwhelming to you, health, work, family, or something else, try clipping it away a little bit a day instead of trying to tackle it all at once. Now listen, this is big. Since your self-worth is based upon the positive habits, actions, and decisions you make every day, why not build your self-esteem and tackle your biggest problems the same way? That's pretty powerful. Number seven, celebrate the small victories. Man, I do this with my team. Somebody got their first, their first checks, 37 bucks. we're sending them a payday kit, candy bar. I mean, that's just the way it is. Somebody has their first $600,000 year, we're sending them a, a, a $100,000 bar. You do whatever it takes. Celebrate the small victories with your family, with your friends, with your team. Number eight, embrace a positive vision for your life based on what you value. Don't listen to everybody else. Value it upon yourself. Number nine, practice a one-word strategy. What are you? I'm confident today. Tomorrow I may be independent. Pick one word. John does this a lot. If you go over to the, uh, johnmaxwellteam.com, you sign up for his newsletter, uh, you'll get an email every day, and there's a word that he focuses on. It's beautiful to see how he actually walks his talk. And number 10, this is the biggest. This is something I, I expect from everybody. Take responsibility for your life. It was no mistake that Johnetta McSween's life turned around when she took responsibility for herself, where she was, and decided to get control of her life and make a positive change. I don't care where you're at today. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you're doing. Take responsibility for your life and move forward. Folks, you've been listening to the Beachside CEO, heard around the world on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive, powered radio. Bye now. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 